Uh, welcome to uh, yet another episode of uh, Meeting Medicine, where two med students, two blokes, two men of salt of the earth, uh, sit down and chew the fat over all things meaty in medicine. My name is Dwayne, and as per usual, I'm joined by the Prince of Perth, the man, the myth, the legend, Kevin Garvey. How are you, brother? I'm good, man. We really need to retire that nickname you've started using. How is it going, Dwayne? What's happening mate, on your end? Mate, I, I'll tell you what, mate. Freedom freedom has, has hit me like an Indian mother disciplining their child. It's hit me hard <laughs> and it's hit me strong. It's good, mate. You know, two days post-exams, three days post-exams. It's coming up to the first weekend without study. It's pretty mm. good, brother. What about you? What's been happening in the wild, wild west? Uh, overall, pretty well. I have to say I'm rather ashamed. Um, so yeah, I've been going to the beach quite a lot recently. I'm not ashamed about that, but what I am ashamed about is I've kind of betrayed my pigmentation oh. and I've managed to get like some light burns going on. Oh. And I've never oh. experienced this before. And I th- honestly think it's because because of COVID, I've been inside so much and I've just completely regressed and lost my immunity to yeah. UV yeah. rays. It's yeah. truly depressing. Um, you need you need like that SPF like 85. Like I, feel, I feel like, I don't know what you think about sunscreen, but I feel like it's a bit of a scam. Mate. You know, like all these numbers they're throwing out there, they all... Uh, they all, the people who wear them still get sunburned. So I'm like, something, <laughs> someone's not doing their job. Like, something's wrong. Well, I was under the impression that there used to be a law that you couldn't put above SPF 30 on your bottle, like even if it was above oh. SPF 30, so people didn't get complacent. But yeah. I think they repealed that law because I've seen some, like, whack SPFs going around it's these days. Like 85 <laughs> is the highest I've seen. And I was like, I, I don't even think – I that just that just didn't put a T-shirt on. Like, I mean, SPFs, like, mate, just suit up. Just suit up. We don't want to see your plans or your abs. Like, stop. But oh, I, love, I love it when people get sunburned because usually <laughs> it's people who are, like, who've usually got, like, really good bodies and they're just meandering around with their abs. <laughs> and I'm like, you know what? Chubby people like me, we ain't getting sunburned because we're wearing like a rasher top and a big t-shirt. Uh, no, I like it, mate. So I think it's, I think it's uh, just you know the world evening up the ledger a little bit. So it's great. I don't mind. Dwayne's theory of sunburn as the negative feedback on having a good body. Very <laughs> I interesting. I I've never ever been sunburned, and I've never had a six pack. So I'm not saying correlation causation, but I'm just presenting the facts, and I'm seeing which board counts and simply. <laughs> rigorous intellectual approach <laughs> on meaty medicine as that's always it. that's it that's it. well what are we talking about today big guy um well since we're all about the meat i thought we'd yeah. uh, kind of go back a little bit because we talked about stroke but mm. i think we really should um pay our dues to atherosclerosis which yeah. is kind of the vascular basis for stroke and a lot of other vascular events what mm. do you reckon yeah i like that mate oh, and it's it's a it's a topic actually that I think just in, in our exams and I think in medicine uh, in the past, the present and the future is just, it's it's just everywhere, isn't it? We're always talking about mm-hmm. it in different disciplines. So I think it would be good to to cut into that topic today and, and work out maybe us even learn something because I'm pretty sure that my knowledge, uh, although I talk myself up a bit, is pretty, <laughs> it's pretty surface surface level. So I'm keen to learn and, uh, and I know you're going to be dispensing some great education for me and my listeners. <laughs> 
<laughs> Mate, do not put the pressure on. Um, there is one thing, distinction I wanted to make immediately, though, because I don't think I realised this until about 30 weeks into my medical education, which was, <laughs> which is that like kind of the difference between arteriosclerosis and atherosclerosis. Mm. So arteriosclerosis is kind of like the mother term yeah. for any kind of thickening and hardening and loss of elasticity mm. of your vasculature. Yeah. Specifically, your arteries or mm. arterial, mm. and um, so that's like the mother term. And within that, there are a few different types, of which atherosclerosis is the most kind of pervasive and problematic. Mm. Um, and they all have slightly different mechanisms. So, yeah. before we dive into atherosclerosis, I did yeah. just want to mention that there are a few other kinds of arteriosclerosis. Yep. So the two other major categories are arteriolosclerosis, mm -hmm. which I chucked, it sounds like arteriosclerosis, but there's an extra low in there. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, it's so confusing. I literally didn't even notice they were different words until like... No, I, I mean, we talked about this before and I was like, yeah. why is this absolute trumpet wanting to go into like random topics? And then I realised... It's a totally different thing altogether. Yeah, like, yeah, it's so oh, confusing. No, no. So under arteriosclerosis, there's arteriolosclerosis is one type. Yeah. And this is basically hardening of your really small arteries and arterioles. Mm -hmm. And it's there are two types. There's hyaline and hyperplastic. But basically, without going too deep into it, um, this kind of thing is a product of aging. Uh, usually and you're basically getting proteins depositing below the endothelium mm. um, so just under that inner layer and um, yeah if you look at it on histology you see these big kind of pink masses within the walls and mm. this is you this is like classic in elder people and especially if you have a diabetes but it is a, just a product of normal aging yeah. um and then the other type of arteriolosclerosis, the hyperplastic, mm. is actually a specific kind that's in response to massively high blood pressure. Like I think they call it malignant hypertension when you just have ridiculous mm -hmm. blood pressure of like, you know, up to 200 systolic. Yep. And that's when uh, in reaction the smooth muscle cells in the arterioles are uh, they become hyper uh, hyperplastic, and Mate, is, this get... the, is this the one which, like, when you look? Because I don't understand microscopy. Um, <laughs> I, I well, people won't know this, but those who did biomed with me, they know that I just used to like draw random stuff and point to it, and I'm like nucleus. <laughs> Chromatin. Wait, isn't that where I met you? Oh, no, I met you in that x ray prac. Yeah. Wait, what was it? And it we was just a, had no a, idea what it was. It was a pathology prac. And, and we just sat down and there were like two really serious people next to us who wanted to diagnose it. And we were just like, that's a bone. That's a heart. That's an artery. And we're like, yo, man, we're talking about like someone's back. We're like, oh, no. Right, I remember that so clearly. I remember like I thought I was really confident something was like, it was probably like the aorta or something. And I was like, oh, that's yeah. definitely the trachea. Yeah. Like yeah. no yeah. question. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Turned out the was born without a trip here. <laughs> like, no, we're talking about microscopy. Um, 
Is this the one, the hyperplastic one? Is this the one where it looks like it's got onions, onion skin? Yeah, exactly, exactly. Ah, So you see all this on histology quite well. So within arteriolosclerosis, you have that higher line one, which is the normal one of aging where you get proteins, just the pink stuff under the endothelium. But then hyperplastic is when you have this crazy hypertension. So your smooth muscle in your vessels kind of reacts and beefs up and that and it looks like layers of onion skin you're exactly right yeah yeah nice yeah. well done <laughs> that was the takeaway for me from mid-year one was people trap here and they order different and there are onions in some part of uh, hypertension but yeah because of how the um, system works hopefully we're an mb2 next year so there we go there we go exactly exactly Yes. Um, I think that's a yeah. So basically, that was arterial low sclerosis. Yeah. Um, I just thought it was important to mention that so that 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 comes under arteri. Oh my god! Wait, arteriosclerosis. Yes. And another. Now we'll probably move into the more important type of arterial low sclerosis, which mm. is. Oh no! Wait, did I just mess that up? Yeah, we're moving into the more important type of arteriosclerosis. Which is atherosclerosis. Oh, my God. Who made these names up, man? Who made these (laughs) names up? They weren't thinking it through. They're like, oh, everyone's intellectual. We're not going to just – we're going to name the same stuff and have minor changes. Little did they know us two bumbling buffoons were going to come along (laughs) and just butcher it. (laughs) Exactly, exactly. Oh, man. Um, Yeah, okay. Well, since I've kind of chewed the fat about – arterial low sclerosis yeah. why don't you start telling us about atherosclerosis yeah yeah right. so, so like like you said mate um under this umbrella of arteriosclerosis uh the now before i go further sclerosis cer- sclerosis what are we doing here like uh, i think it's sclerosis because like okay. the sclera of your eyes okay. right is okay I think, so like, I so, like so like ischemia not ischemia Right. Hey, don't bring that up. (laughs) Yes. Reheating leftovers on a Friday afternoon. No, so atherosclerosis uh, is the most common type of of this umbrella of diseases. Um, Mm. And and we're talking about a thickening or a stiffening of the arterial wall, right? Um, So that is as close to a definition, I guess, as we can give. But sort of more more with it, I guess, when we start, we're going to go into the pathophysics. It's quite meaty. Um, But if we think about some of the risk factors, Kevin, by like a lot of things with, uh, and we talked about it in stroke, you were absolutely right. Um, a lot of vascular issues um, always have a constellation of modifiable factors and non-modifiable factors, right? So modifiable factors are things that our lifestyle usually dictated. Mm. Non-modifiable factors are things that regardless of your lifestyle, because of your genetics, your heritage, whatever it is, um, um, uh, you can't really change it. You can't really modify it. So if we start off with some uh, some um, modifiable factors, some modifiable factors, um, right off the top of my head, brother, and, and, and I'm looking at this list and I'm really – I feel it's like a personal attack because uh, <laughs> it's, it's, it's hitting me hard, mate. I mean, I just, but let's start off, let's start off with like, for example, dyslipidemia, right? So having, having um, high, you know, fat profile, triglyceride profile, and especially within then, and we're going to talk about when we talk about the uh, pathogenesis or the pathophys of uh, atherosclerosis, 
Um, I butcher that. Um, uh, especially LDL, low density lipoprotein, the levels of that, and the balance between that and HDL. Another another common um, common thing is obviously on the back of that obesity. You know, so obesity. Um, usually with obesity, you have a higher you know level of fat. Um, uh, obesity sort of tends to lend itself to a pro-inflammatory status. Um, so that could be a, a risk factor, modifiable risk factor as well. Any other important risk factors that come to your mind, mate, in terms of modifiable risk factors? Yeah, I just wanted to make the clarification about the dyslipidemia. Yeah, um, it, yeah so it's not necessarily having like a high level of cholesterol, although that is a classic dyslipidemia basically it because cholesterol is like a complex situation right in the sense that you have all these things called lipoproteins floating around your bloodstream um yep. which are like uh little packets of um they're like what are they they're like mixes of like fat and yeah. cholesterol and stuff but they're like different types and they differ depending on their proportion of uh, their constituents essentially yep. like yep. they're made of so they're kind of made of protein cholesterol triglycerides and phospholipids mm. and Dwayne mentioned ldls so these are like the bad boys because mm. um they have a high proportion of cholesterol inside them mm -hmm. um as opposed to um something like a hdl so a high density lipoprotein um, which is more made of protein than cholesterol. Yep. So yep. the idea is if you have a higher level of LDLs, um, that's bad because mm -hmm. they contain a lot of cholesterol and yep. the cholesterol is kind of the uh, villain in this mm -hmm. scenario. Mm -hmm. Whereas HDL, they don't actually contain that much cholesterol and they actually function to kind of remove cholesterol from your mm. body um mm. which we can kind of talk about later maybe yeah. so when we said that dyslipidemia is a risk factor what we mean especially is if you have a high level of that bad kind of lipoprotein that low density lipoprotein yeah. the one that's like basically a bucket of cholesterol that's mm. the one you want to keep down and it's actually a good thing if you have a high level of high density lipoprotein because mm. that almost acts as like a retrieval mechanism for cholesterol yeah. it like yeah. takes it out of your body almost mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah do you agree with that Tony? i agree i agree that was that yeah. was really a really good uh explanation so yeah so ldls they're the bad ones they tend to deposit in your, you know your key vascular structures um hdl they're a bit of like a scavenge thing i feel like they just pick up all yeah. these random things and, yeah. and bring it back home and sort of you know make sure that it's not causing an absolute absolute ruckus um, mm, so yes, yeah, mm. dyslipidemia, we've talked about obesity. Um, oh yeah, over to you, mate. over to you. Give us, give us some of your, your favorite modifiable risk factors. Oh, okay. So you said dyslipidemia. Um, did you say smoking? No, I didn't, but you just did. Okay. I was leaving it for you, but <laughs> I was leaving it for you. Yeah, because smoking is actually one of the biggest ones. Yeah. And um, when yeah. we get into the pathophys, it'll become apparent why. Mm. But basically, a lot of these risk factors are an issue because they kind of cause damage to your the inner lining of your vasculature. Mm. So with smoking, it's particularly problematic because the toxins involved with smoking um, can really irritate your inner vascular lining, which is kind of the initiating step in atherosclerosis in that pathophysiology um so yeah smoking 
yeah, that's like the worst one, I'm pretty sure. Um, yep. And the yep. other one is, uh, did you say diabetes, right? No, mate, you did. Yeah, you did. Yeah, so that's another another biggie. Um, yep. I think, I'm not entirely sure, but my suspicion would be that um, since you're kind of like hyperglycemic, mm. I assume that somehow irritates the inner lining of your vessels. Because um, mm. just in general, yeah, although like having a high blood sugar is not good for your vasculature i can't yeah. give much more detail than that unfortunately yeah yeah yeah, yeah. um yeah. i'm quite certain of that yeah yeah um another thing obviously is and uh came and mentioned it when we were talking about arteriolosclerosis mm. uh was the you know long-standing hypertension um mm. and and uh you know, we're, we're, we are going to get into the pathophys. I know we keep saying that, but it really is uh, with atherosclerosis, it is a multifactorial situation, you know? So all these different risk factors, it isn't uncommon to see that was a double negative. It isn't, it's not rare. Oh my God. You will often see multiple <laughs> modifiable risk factors in a lot of the patients with high blood pressure, you know? So, mm. and with not only with high blood pressure, with some sort of, you know, uh, vascular disease so so this is a it is a constellation so it's not just a ah yes this is the only thing or this is the only thing but like mm. hey said off the modifiable and just in general smoking is is your is your big one and then you've obviously got the dyslipidemia you've got the hypertension you've got the diabetes as well but um mm. you really need to think about the uh the smoking uh side of things um what sort of factors um come to mind when we think non-modifiable brother yeah so there are a couple where you just can't help it uh so things like if you have a family history of cardiovascular events especially Mm. in your close family especially when they're young um that is a big risk factor so you know uh i don't know if your dad had a stroke when he was 40 or Mm. you know um your your brother had a heart attack 10 years ago or something. Yeah. yeah, things like that. Because there is, as with all things, it's a mix of environmental influence and just your genetics. So some people, for whatever reason, you're just more predisposed to mm-hmm. um, producing this kind of pathology, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, yeah, anything else, Dwayne? Um, look, I think age, like you mentioned before, oh, right, yeah. the, the aging process itself. Uh, you know, is that as you're going through, your your vessels are becoming a bit harder. The general deposition of all this, you know, the, all these all these substances gets worse and worse over time. So yeah, age is another thing. Um, so yeah, there are modifiable risk factors, but non-modifiable as well. And and because of this, um, in terms of a clinical touch, is why when you do a cardiovascular assessment on a patient, whether you're a nurse or a doctor or any health professional. Uh, but also, um, when you're in the ED or on the ward, we often will ask about family history of cardiovascular disease. You know, and, and we will specifically say, um, "Have you had have you had uh, direct relatives, or you know, first generation, second generation, whatever, uh, who have had you know a stroke or an acute myocardial infarction or on or hypertension?" Because of the fact that the non-modifiable risk factors um, can be a game changer or they can almost add another layer, especially if you have a lot of modifiable risk factors as well. So this is sort of why we ask that question. A bit like sometimes if you're presenting with 
we think it's some sort of cancer, we still will ask, is there a history of cancer in your family? So in the same way, this is why we will often ask, is there a family history of cardiovascular events, especially mm. first degree relatives? Mm. <clears throat> 100%. Um, so I think just before we jump into pathophys, yeah. I just want to... You know, um, as with all things, when you're when you're commencing a journey, you want to know where you're going. Yeah. So I think just to briefly describe what atherosclerosis is, mm-hmm. um, essentially what it is in a sentence is it's when you get a buildup of cholesterol inside the intima mm-hmm. of your vasculature. Mm-hmm. So when I say intima, I'm referring to the most inner layer of your vasculature. So just a quick crash course in the structure of your vasculature. It's got three layers. It's got an intima, it's got a media, and an adventitia. So three layers. Intima is the most intimate. It's the most inside layer, and that's just basically your endothelium and some like extracellular matrix, so like collagen. Um, then your media is your basically your smooth muscle layer and a few other things, but smooth muscle is the big deal. So M for muscle, media. And then the outer layer is your adventitia, which is kind of just more connective uh, tissue and stuff like that. Um, yeah, so with atherosclerosis, it's when you're getting cholesterol plaque buildup inside the intima, so inside that inner layer, just kind of under the endothelium. Um, yes. So I think that was just important to clarify before we kind of jump into how that happens. Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. So essentially what Kevin has done is, you know, you put into your Google maps, I want to go to KFC. And (laughs) and so we know we're getting to KFC, which may be a modifiable risk factor for atherosclerosis. (laughs) And now we're going to, and now, and now Google maps is going to tell you, all right, take a left here, take a right here. So we're going to take you through it. But no, I think that Mm. was really important because sometimes we're talking about something that can be, you know, so small and so minuscule, but we're going to blow it up when we take it step by step by step. So I think it's really good for perspective, uh, Kevin, showing us where where we're hopefully going to end up X minutes from now. I guess. Mm. Well, Dwayne, why don't you um, boot up Google Maps yes. and take us yes. away? Yes. Well, there we go. Well, look, you mentioned, mate, we mentioned those risk factors, didn't we? We mentioned the hypertension. We mentioned smoking, I think you said, was the was the big puppy of all of this. Yeah. Um, and, and I think the first thing that's happening, you spoke about the endothelium. This is a this is not the buildup of this plaque and the issues that come from it, or rather that leads to, you know, the absolute shambles that's gonna happen eventually. It this is a chronic process. This is a process. This is not something that one day you 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 wake up on a Monday and, and, you know, you've got no trace of the stuff. And then on the Tuesday, boom, it's happened. Okay, so mm. this is a chronic situation. And talking about the chronicity aspect of, of, of this process, we have to mention that there's chronic stress that's being placed on the endothelium. There's chronic stress that's being placed on that inside lining of the blood vessel walls, you know, and, and mm. hypertension is one of those things that can put stress on it. Uh, certain, you know, toxins and, and, and the toxins that are in cigarette smoke, we often think about the carcinogens, isn't it, that that, that increase mm-hmm. your chance of cancer. But they can also, not only the carcinogens, but other things in cigarettes, uh, smoke that you're sort of inhaling and stuff like that, can also cause inflammation um, mm-hmm. to, to that endothelial lining. So once again, I said this is not a one risk factor or another. This is where you're going to see that interplay of the situation. So with the hypertension, 
blood is mm. just pumping through there and 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 it's and it's pumping through those red cells and everything else that's in blood is is clashing uh it's almost like go back to that water slide situation like say like <laughs> i was just charging they're just smacking into the walls that's essentially what happened but at a quick pace right so you're getting mm. the shearing effect finding any you know structural weaknesses or actually creating that structural weaknesses in the endothelial wall, and that happening over a long period of time, the chronicity part of it, paired up with inflammation from the toxins from smoking or other sorts of toxins, is going to cause that chronic stress on the endothelium. Yeah, exactly. So this is really where the, a lot of the risk factors come in. So the one, the key three I kind of think about with the chronic stress is the hypertension, yeah. uh, toxins from smoking, and I think hy- the hyperglycemia if yeah. you've got diabetes or yeah. just some kind of metabolic mm. syndrome mm. um yeah so the, and exactly that chronic uh, uh what do you call it like chipping away almost yeah. Yeah. that you mentioned and yeah. i think the other point that you made which i think is really important is that idea that um smoking this is one of the key manifestations of the issues of smoking and Mm. it isn't that intuitive in the sense that obviously everyone thinks of you know horrific coughing up blood like Mm. lung cancer and all Mm. that Mm. but i mean Mm. i haven't looked at the stats on this but i would be almost certain that um this is kind of the more virulent effect of smoking upon in terms of public health than yep. lung cancer yep. but i again, that is completely baseless i just want to clarify so i so i recommend you looking that up before yep. you bring that up at the pub yeah yep. <laughs> um yep. <laughs> but anyway let's keep on going <laughs> yeah. yes yeah so so david we've got this chronic stress because yeah. of the multiple risk factors that you mentioned what what is then what is then I guess we've got it we've got a source now or a potential for endothelial damage. How does this really come about? What's the what's the situation that's gonna to lead to that? Yeah, okay. So we've got this chronic stress. Um your endotheliums get like by any of these mechanisms is getting kind of damaged and dysfunctional. Mm. And at some point the barrier, because the whole point of the endothelium is it's a barrier, right? Yeah. Um, it, yeah. it gets disrupted. And you the key step is you get this kind of invasion of inflammatory cells. So you get like a little inflammatory response. Mm. But you also get um, platelets adhering yeah. to the damaged wall. Um, mm. I think that would be like the intrinsic pathway. I'm not too sure. Oof. Not important right Oof. now. <laughs> um <laughs> But yeah, let's not go there. So the platelets, platelets, uh, you know, they get triggered basically. They're like, yo, there's yeah. a hole in the wall. This is my time to shine. You know, they, why, they, they go up to the wall. Why, why are your platelets so ghetto though? Like, why, where are they? <laughs> are they from like, D, I thought it was like NWA, like Detroit. What's happening? Like, <laughs> I, feel, I feel like your platelets are like, whoop, whoop. That's the sound of yo, the Yeah, like, Bro, there's happening? nothing wrong with ghetto platelets. I reckon they no. do the job better, to be honest. Oh, so, my goodness. They got the street oh smarts. Oh, my God. Like, these guys just rolling up, just, just forming pots left by the street. 
Yeah. Anyway, yeah. So your ghetto platelets, they um, yeah. they so they adhere, but they also now that they're activated, you know, they yeah. release uh all these you know more inflammatory mediators. Yeah. But and there's a whole range, you know, with the classic cytokines that we hate on meaty medicine. Oh, but uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. but um, the really important one that we will mention is platelet derived growth factor. PDGF, pretty yeah. easy to remember because it's it's in the name. It's derived from platelets, right? Yeah, platelet derived growth factor. Love that name, genius. Who named yeah. that? Um, yeah. and what does that do, Dwayne? Do you have any idea? I'm putting you on the spot. I'm mate, sorry. But- mate, well, well, um, thank you for that. Um, I believe <laughs> I believe it has an effect really on the smooth muscle cells, uh, yeah. the smooth muscle cells in the intima. Right, so so it stimulates migration and proliferation of these, uh, but also there's another type of cells that you've got called fibroblasts, um, and and fibroblasts is is if you're ever in doubt and if there's any pathological process where there's like I don't know some like laying down of structure, if in doubt, to say fibroblasts because that's what I do. <laughs> I don't know if it's white, but here we are, right. So the two things the platelet growth factor is really going to do. It's going to lead the, uh, or it's going to trigger, stimulate the migration proliferation of smooth muscles in the intima. And it's also going to drive the differentiation of fibroblasts into myofibroblasts, which I almost feel, Kevin, correct me if I'm wrong. Um, it's almost like a, like a sort of, is it like a hybrid version with like a bit of muscular, muscular aspect to the fibroblasts? Is that, will that be right in there? Yeah, yeah, I think they have some kind of like, contractile ability or something yeah. i don't know yeah. i i don't actually know i think that i thought they were just kind of like activated fibroblasts mm-hmm. um that i don't know how different they are i think the idea is that like they're kind of turned on oh. not in a sexual oh. sense oh. <laughs> no, i just meant like they're active oh. bro oh. <laughs> keep it g-rated here um Mate. i did want to pick you up on something though yeah. <laughs> just with the so we were talking about pdgf platelet drive growth factor and i put you on the spot and you actually were pretty much right but i just want to for the detail oriented people out there so you said um you said it encourages kind of proliferation of smooth muscle cells in the Mm. intima Mm. um we just i just want to clarify that the intima does not usually have smooth muscle cells, right? We yeah. talked about it before, the intima, the media, and the adventitia, the three mm-hmm. layers. And the media, M muscle, mm-hmm. is the layer that has all the smooth muscle recently. Uh-huh. But what PDGF is, is it's almost like Moses, like it's it's leading the – or maybe like a siren. It's like it's got this siren song and it's calling – calling the smooth muscle cells oh, to oh. migrate from the media up into the intima, up into that inner layer. Oh. It's like sitting on a rock, just calling them and the, oh. the drunken sailor, they're not drunk, they're just, I don't know, this What's metaphor this, is this, not working. Is that just me or is this just very sexual? Like I don't, <laughs> I don't know what's happening today. Like I'm taking everything the wrong way or the right way. I'm not quite sure. <laughs> but no, I think, I think before Caven gets us kicked off Spotify, Yes, yes. It's literally, it's literally calling a siren song, apparently, uh, and it's like, "Baby, don't you rest in the media? Come and join me in the intima." That's pretty much what's happening. That's what's happening. It, it, it's, it is. You could say it becomes quite intimate. Uh-huh. <laughs> wow. Oh my god! I just thought of another level to this because you know how you said it also. Uh, it activates the fibroblasts. It you could say it yeah. turns them on. 
That's what we already said. We already said that. Yeah, but now it works. Oh, it okay. works okay. within right. the whole like so you know like, like sirens. Like a, so before it was like a closeted sexual thing, and now we're just over it. Now we're just we're just running down the street, uh, just just <laughs> out. Fantastic! I love it. We've descended <laughs> into just skullduggery and just absolute filth on a Friday night. <laughs> You can see what's going on in our subconscious at the moment. Yeah. There's clearly yeah. some things we need to talk about. We um, okay, let's keep. Um, so yes, Kevin, you're absolutely right. So all of this has happened, and and essentially, what is this really promoting? This is promoting the inflammation of our blood vessel wall, isn't it? The way where we're promoting mm. the inflammation of the mm. blood vessel wall. Now we don't have time to go into this whole rigmarole of what inflammation is and stuff like that, but cytokines are involved cells are involved that's what i want to focus on right so yeah. what's really happening next Kevin, is that we're really going to focus on one what my i think my favorite immune cell of all time is the <laughs> macrophage i love a good macrophage right and 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 for people people who don't know this macrophages are like and i think they're like monocytes when they're circulating but mm. when they come into tissue Something happens to these brothers, and they're like, "Yo, macrophage, let's go." And essentially, it's it like if you thought the platelets were thug, like these guys are like these guys are like the real homie dogs. Like these are like you you sent your platelet dudes at the front. Like these are the big mama jammers coming in through now, right? And these macrophages, along with your smooth muscle cells, they're gonna actually start ingesting because you know how Caven mm. said there was like that cholesterol that was starting to get laid down. They're actually going to ingest because this is what macrophage does, bro. They're like they're just, they're just that big bully who comes to the mm. lunchroom and they're like, I don't know why I've got a very Americanized version of lunchrooms because this wasn't the case <laughs> in my school, but they just take the food, bro. Like they're like, oh, what are those fries? Yeah, that's mine now. Yeah, yeah, them, yeah. Them and their home slices, the SMCs, the smooth muscle cells, they <laughs> are ingesting cholesterol from the oxidized LDL. So remember the LDL was that bad type of cholesterol that came in and talked mm. about earlier on, right? And essentially, these macrophages, these smooth muscle cells, they're eating all this cholesterol, but they themselves, they're like, you can't continue this life of just absolute gluttony forever, macrophages. <laughs> transformed to a new, like like almost like a weird, like, like, I don't know what the word is, but it's like a weird type of cell, and it's called a foam cell. And I know, mm. like, we have these really exciting names in medicine, like, myofibroblasts mm. and endothelium and 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 siren songs mm. but but this is this is just foam cells and i just want you to think about like the most engorged situation of all time right yeah. and, and these foam cells they start to accumulate and they form these things called once again earth shattering medical knowledge here they're called fatty streaks they start to accumulate mm. and they form fatty streaks and these are what you can say is the early version of those atherosclerotic lesions that eventually are going to really cause some absolute hassles. And this is why uh, LDL, having like high levels of LDL in your bloodstream mm -hmm. is such another risk factor, right? Because right. if you have more LDL in your bloodstream, it means that in this kind of acute, not acute, in this chronic event, yeah. um, you're going to get LDL accumulating in under that endothelium as well that's right um and obviously if you have more that's more likely to happen mm -hmm. and that gives more fuel for these macrophages for those 
lunchroom bullies, as you <laughs> phrased it. Um, there's more. There's more fries for them to eat, so oh, they're yeah. gonna, you know, they're gonna gorge. They're gonna mm. gorge themselves. Mm. And mm. I kind of view them as these. And this will make more sense as we keep talking. But I view them as these kind of like, yeah, like really large, fat, but zombies because mm. they, when they do this, they kind of become defective and yeah. they start getting up to no good and i will get Dwayne to talk about that soon enough um what about being yeah a fat, being a fat zombie what are you yeah what, wait what okay wait, maybe wait, i need to explain oh, this oh, you just <laughs> oh no 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 oh my god oh my god what is that oh my god like are you serious right now like no bro I, I meant oh, i'm well rounded i'm well rounded i'm not fat like i've got a lot of mass bro like oh my i don't even know what to say this, oh wow! Oh, it's wow. all happening on Mady Medicine today. <laughs> it's kicking off. <laughs> oh, keep going, you um, <laughs> Yeah. Okay. Wait. So let's just review. Yep. So <laughs> you've got we've had the chronic stress, hypertension, yep. smoking, yep. all that. Mm-hmm. We had the and then that causes a bit of damage. You get the inflammatory cells invade. We had the macrophages um getting in through the barrier you get some ldl if that was in your bloodstream well it was it'll accumulate in there as well you get the platelets adhering our ghetto platelets they release that pdgf the growth factor which um is the the siren and all the smooth (laughs) cells from the media will kind of um fall under the spell of the PDGF and migrate up and it turns on the fibroblasts as well, these sirens, you know, (laughs) everyone's loving them. And then Dwayne just talked about how uh, the macrophages, they're kind of sitting there under the endothelium with all this LDL and they're like, oh, play on. And then they Mm. eat them all up and turn into these like fatty zombies basically called foam cells. Um, So... Keep on going, Dwayne. Do you have anything? Yeah, <laughs> what happens yeah. next? I don't know. Yeah, I mean, no, fantastic. So you you mentioned you mentioned, and I really want to keep harping on that. This is a chronic situation, isn't it? Like this mm. is taking. This is not a. This is not a Craig David on a Monday took her for a drink. To this is a Friday thing. This is not a seven days thing, guys. This is a long term thing. So these foam cells. This 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 thing is happening. Fatty streaks are building. These lesions are building. Now, at some stage, and even over time, these foam cells, remember these engorged macrophages, um, and the smooth muscle cells start to produce extracellular matrix. And once again, a bit of a cheeky Dwayne tip, because I'm a bit of a simpleton. You think extracellular matrix, I think collagen. That's the thing that I like to think about. Um, and whenever we think extracellular matrix in a, in a um, you know, structural sense, I'm always thinking about something like a scaffold. You know, a mm. scaffold which tissue or any structures are built on. But in this setting, this laying down of extracellular matrix, this laying down of collagen, is going to actually form something known as a fibrous plaque. A fibrous plaque, which in the theme of atherosclerosis, we're now going to call an atheroma. Okay? Mm. So an atheroma, time for a definition, an atheroma <laughs> is though, you know, the, it started off with the atherosclerotic lesion that we had the fatty streaks but now over time it's got consolidated and and there's much more to this now this lesion now has lipids it's got the connective tissue right because you're getting the extracellular matrix laying stuff down it's got some immune cells in there right remember we still got our macrophages and and even the early inflammation stuff and a bit of cellular debris as well 
right? Mm. So it is literally now, like Haven mentioned, I think we mentioned plaques in an earlier thing, literally something you don't want, like it builds up on your teeth. Now it's building up in your, in your, in your blood vessels and it's building exactly. up your artery walls. So it started off <clears throat> just with those fatty zombies, so those fatty streaks, mm. but then those zombies kind of went, you know, went rogue, them and the smooth muscle cells, mm. um, because they've, I don't know, basically, yeah, they've just gone crazy and they start pumping out all this collagen. Mm. Um, I think it's more the smooth muscle cells that produce yep. the collagen. I'm not fully sure though. Mm-hmm. And then that kind of all amalgamates. And obviously I think the foam cells are like dying off as well at the same time and just contribute to the, so their corpses are lying there as well. And you just end up with this mass, which we call the atheroma, which is just lipids, connective tissue, dead foam cells. Um, And it's, yeah, just, it's just sitting there. And that's the atherosclerotic lesion, the atheroma. Do you know know what atheroma reminds me of? And I don't what? know whether Melbourne's had it, but there was a document in London under the sewer, you know, the sewage pipes that run through London because of yeah. all the restaurants were like emptying their cooking oil down their drains in the taps over time. They essentially had like this fat iceberg build up and it had all this filth with it to the point that like the normal sewage couldn't go past. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I'm like, when you're like, there's just all sorts of things in there, the lipids, connective tissue, the white blood cells, the dead cells, the cellular debris. And I, I just thought fat, fat zombie. I thought fat iceberg. So I thought I would just chuck that potent image. Mate, lit- it almost, that is a great metaphor because that really is essentially what it is. It's yeah. just this build up of fat and just all the most undesirable things mm. in your body. <laughs> Kind of in your body, yeah. just like was there any corpses in your fat bag? I think it was. Like there were like rats and stuff down there. The rats were like, "Yo, man, what's happening?" And so yeah. I, I'm sure there's there's. I mean, it's London, mate. You don't know what's happening down there. But I wouldn't. I wouldn't be too surprised. There's some corpses down there too. <laughs> um. Yeah. And if you wanted to envision this, it basically because all of this is gathered under the endothelium, right? Mm-hmm. But within that inner layer of the wall. So this is kind of inside of the wall. So it's almost like a pimple on your um, vascular inner wall, if that Mm, makes sense. mm, mm, mm. Um, And I quite like this pimple analogy. Yeah. Uh, Why do you think I like the pimple analogy, Dwayne? Do you get to see where I'm going with this? I can see where you're going, but I also thought, did you have a lot of pimples as a child? Like, what was the... (laughs) That's a, that's a, I, I mean, I did. I had a fair few. I had my. I had my stripes in yeah, the well, during well, puberty. You know. Fair enough. Well, you know what they say, brother. Black don't crack. So I never had pimples at all, man. I never. Had oh, pimples. get out! I'm serious, mate. My face. I mean, and that, that actually, I wish I had pimples because then I could use it for as an excuse for like not having game with the ladies. You know, I'd be like, oh, I mean, <laughs> that's but, just untrue, I'm mate. You, Stop with this false face. modesty. I had this radiant face and I still couldn't weave game. Like, it was real bad. <laughs> but the thing, I think why you're mentioning pimples is it's this almost lifting situation of that intima or, you know, the, the inner bit, the inner bit. But eventually, mate, that pimple under stress, usually between your forefinger and your thumb, but in any situation is going to rupture. It's going mm. to rupture, you know. So, I, because it's your metaphor, mate, and I feel it might be a bit of therapy for you, bring it home 
and finish off the pathophys bit about about this, about this <laughs> that's oh man yeah well you know with pimples i always say don't pop them right well you probably don't know never, but... <laughs> yeah, never heard of it never heard of it you know, <laughs> never heard yeah of it. the idea is you shouldn't pop it um and this is a similar situation here in that you do not want this pimple to pop inside mm. your vasculature mm. and the reasoning is a little different though and the reasoning is um this pimple is kind of we mentioned it was filled with collagen remember mm. uh, Dwayne's extracellular matrix thing mm. that was secreted by the smooth muscle cells yeah. and the thing about that is is that's pretty thrombogenic mm. so if the thing does pop if it uh if that inner content is exposed, it'll trigger a whole um, coagulative pathway, um, which I don't think we'll go into too much detail right now. Yep. But basically, you're going to form a big um, thrombus mm-hmm. uh, over where it popped, basically. Yep. And then that, and this is where all the uh, kind of, you know, this it's been leading up for years. You've had this chronic thing growing. This is where it all kind of comes to, it all climaxes because you immediately make this thrombus Mm -hmm. and then if that occludes the artery, that's Mm -hmm. it depending where the artery is, that's when you're going to have an acute vascular event. So, you know, if it's up near your head, it could be a stroke. If it's uh, on your coronary artery, that's a, um, it could be a myocardial infarction. Mm. So, yeah, it's all about this is the acute on chronic, that yeah. plaque rupture, the exposure of the thrombogenic material and the thrombus formation, mm-hmm. that's your stroke. That's your uh, myocardial infarction yeah. kind of thing. Yeah. Yeah? yeah. No, I really like that. Another place another place where, where you can have, you know, the common sites of, of, of this atherosclerosis and stuff like that. Um I, I, made, I, I didn't know this, I mean, until this year, but you often think about, you know, the whole thing with claudication and peripheral vascular disease or peripheral arterial disease and stuff like that. I always used to think, mate, atherosclerosis, heart attack, or atherosclerosis, stroke, you know, because when you think mm. about cerebrovascular stuff or even cardiovascular stuff, you just keep thinking, well, at least I keep thinking, so I'm going to take ownership for this, heart, mm. brain, heart, brain. That's all I think mm. about. But mm. you've got to mm. remember that this process of you know the fatty streak and 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 the atheroma and potential thrombus formation mate this could be happening in any artery major blood vessel whatever in your body you know so then i think that's one good thing is that we need to sort of obviously it's most you know i guess destructive traumatic emergent when it's happening when you're talking about a heart attack or you're talking about you know heart problems or or, or cerebral mm-hmm. problems but in terms of, it may not be direct mortality, but a fair bit of morbidity as well. If it starts to, if these, if these plaques and all those buildup is happening in your, in in the arteries and in the in the in the blood vessels of of your legs, because if you think about it, suddenly normal things you took for granted, like being able to mobilize, suddenly become the most painful, most uh, debilitating thing. So I think that's something to remember as well, not only about the big mortality ones, but also the you know, the morbidity aspects of this as well. Well, exactly. I think that's an important point to make there. In <clears throat> I just described an acute event of an ischemic event where, you know, you get this complete occlusion, but um, that isn't the only manifestation of atherosclerosis in the sense that 
Uh, you might not have the plaque rupture, so it might just be sitting in the wall, but, you know, that kind of uh, atherosclerotic plaque, you know, it grows and grows. And even without popping, it can still occlude arteries partially. Yep. And that's where you get those things like uh, angina and mm-hmm. I think you mentioned claudication yep. where it's kind of you get ischemia but on exertion because it's not fully blocked off but when you need to get more blood to somewhere because you're exercising or whatever um it becomes an issue because you can't get enough blood through because you've got this um atherosclerotic plaque kind of impeding encroaching upon the normal Mm. passageway for the blood Mm. essentially Mm. so that was actually an important thing to bring up in that it's not just acute events you um unruptured plaques can create that ischemic situation as well yeah Yeah. absolutely absolutely Mm. Mm. all right Mm. well Dwayne, is there anything else we we should talk about do you think oh mate i mean look i know i know we we don't want to go down the rabbit hole of treatment uh because we're going to we're going to talk about it we're going to talk about it another time um but i think maybe just to to highlight the fact that the thing that i like to talk about um, is, is the fact that as much as you can, you know, go into medical therapy and medication, mm. lifestyle things have to accompany as well, isn't it, mate? And it's, and it's mm. not, and it's not just for cardiovascular stuff. It's, it's, it's about changing those modifiable risk factors as well. You know, so things like weight reduction, looking at your diet, um, getting that exercise up. Caven mentioned, and I can't stress this enough, smoking being one of the biggest things because remember step one was the chronic chronic you know stress and damage of that endothelium so smoking cessation um is a huge 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 part of this as well because guess what we can we can we can put you and we can be put on the best medications but if they're not being matched up by equal non-pharmaceutical um you know therapy to complement it um, it's not really going to have uh, – the meds are not really going to have as much of a positive effect as they could have had. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I totally agree. The lifestyle modifications, I think, are the steps most uh, practitioners take in that yeah. you want to – you know, you want them to be eating better. You, uh, I think ex- aerobic exercise mm-hmm. is, the big, is a big one in that mm-hmm. I think, you know – the classic is they'll tell them they need to do, you know, a certain amount of exercise a day, like go yeah. for walks and runs and stuff yeah. like that. Because I think that I'm not, I, I was looking into a lot of studies trying to find out why that actually helps. And I think it's just something to do with it makes your heart more efficient or something mm-hmm. like this. And mm-hmm. I think it lowers your blood pressure. Um, yeah. And obviously blood pressure is one of those risk factors. Mm-hmm. Um, not fully sure. And I think, yeah, you mentioned medical treatment, Dwayne. And yeah. I think, uh, like pharmacological treatment, yeah. and yeah. I think um, we need to give a whole episode yes. to its in itself to like cardiovascular drugs. Mm-hmm. But the idea of this approach is just you want to minimize all the risk factors, right? So you yeah. want to treat their hypertension. There are drugs for that. You want to treat uh, if they've got you know dyslipidemia, you know like statins. You've got mm-hmm. drugs for that, which I'm mm-hmm. sure we'll talk about eventually. Yeah. And then um, the diabetes you know, like metformin and things like that, you got to um, control. Basically, it's all about controlling the risk factors, right? That's right. That's right. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. No, that was, a, that was a hot take on a very meaty topic. I'm, I'm, pretty, I'm pretty sort of uh, pretty content with how we did that. 
I am sated personally. I've had my protein intake for the day, I think. <laughs> Sounds good. Sounds good. Sounds good. Well, what have you got planned for the rest of the day, big fella? Oh, not too much, right? I think I'll just go down to the beach and um, try not to get burned again. <laughs> just put a T-shirt on, mate. We don't all need to see the... We don't all need to... We're not all fat zombies over here, mate. You know, we don't <laughs> what about yourself? What do you got for? Um, I'm going to have a nap, big fella. There's a lot of cricket on this afternoon. Uh, the, the Indians are taking on the Aussies, so... Um, ah, of course, hope of course. Boys, hope your boys don't try and cheat. Um, and... Um, <laughs> And my mighty Kiwis are taking on the West Indies, so that'll be a much more fun. <laughs> oh, right, hey, yeah, big afternoon in bound. Big afternoon, big afternoon. Well, mate, good talking to you about this meaty subject, and uh, we will chat soon. Yeah, mate, we shall, we shall. Have a good weekend, mate. You too, bro. Take oh, wait, not weekend, but next couple of days. <laughs> See you, bro. Oh, wait, it's Friday. What yeah. the heck? Yeah. Oh, Jeez. God. Well, that was. Hold- what? <laughs> Well, I might just cut this part yeah, out, I think. Goodbye. <laughs> goodbye. <laughs> See you, bro. Yeah, bye-bye. <laughs>